0: Scream 101, I'm Brennan And I'm Sergio And this is the, I don't know It's like the fourth week of August or something There's so many Fridays in August Um, But we're doing our Third franchise, we've already started Two Children of the Corns. we did one of the Omens And now we're capping off that Whole thing with A Nightmare on Elm Street
1: Which truly The most shocking part of this is that you've never Covered that movie before during this podcast
0: No, it's really weird that we haven't Actually, Um, I it very nearly happened, but it just kind of never came to be. Um, but now we get to, and that's super exciting. But first, let's do 10 word reviews of movies that we've watched in the past week. And there's actually quite a few this time.
1: Yes, yeah, so there's three for me. How many are there for you? I mean, there's more, but I'm only doing three. Okay. So, She Devil, Meryl Streep delivers all the laughs
0: in this Roseanne starring feature. <laughs> and my review is Meryl Streep is eminently gifable in this decent quasi feminist comedy.
1: Yes, good. Crazy Rich Asians. Capitalism is the biggest star in this heartwarming family flick.
0: Uh, My review is... Sumptuous Luxury Porn. A must-see if you hate shirts. Ha. To all the boys I've (laughs) loved before. Laura Jean is great,
1: but give me a movie with Peter Kravinsky only.
0: Oh, um and my review is uh generic teen melodrama but delightful all the same oh and if you want a full 10 minute review well i think our crazy rich one is like 20,000 minutes long no the eighth grade one was the one that was long mm-hmm. anyway if you want a full review of the new movies that we watched um you can go to our patreon at patreon.com slash scream 101 mm-hmm. at the two dollar level you get all that bonus content you get bloopers you get behind the scenes photos and also our 10 minute reviews. Um, The $3 level, you also get our entire archive of season one with Shannon and all of our older episodes that are no longer in the feed. So check that out, please. Please check it out.
1: Yeah, it's actually pretty cool content, I must say. You know, we've been cranking out these 10-minute reviews,
0: and there are some great, well, it's more film analysis than anything. Yeah, but I think they're funny, too, sometimes. There's a a lot of, it's a, if you can believe it. All, like almost shaggier than our episodes So we kind of There are personal stories and weird interactions And things like that
1: Okay, yeah, you heard it from Bren's mouth first
0: Yes, you did um, Okay, let's do And I'm Right Elm Street 1984 We're back to that landmark watershed year for horror We got Children of the Corn And now we've got Elm Street And we'll see which one I like more well, I
1: already like... know, homie
0: yeah, the well, world knows. In Wes Craven's classic slasher film, several midwestern teenagers—sorry, just that, that description was kind of funny—fall prey to Freddy Krueger, Robert England, a disfigured midnight mangler who preys on the teenagers in their dreams, which in turn kills them in reality. After investigating the phenomenon, Nancy, Heather Langenkamp, begins to suspect that a dark secret kept by her and her friend's parents may be the key to unraveling the mystery. But can Nancy and her boyfriend, Glenn, introducing Jonathan Depp, uh, solve the puzzle before it's too late?
1: Okay. Do you think Paddington would have counted as a child and been killed by Fred Krueger? Um... I feel
0: like Paddington's like 80 years old or something.
1: He's a child in the movie.
0: Yes. No, but I mean like how long was he in that bear glen? Cuz I feel like Paddington's aged differently than humans.
1: He's clearly a child.
0: Yeah, he well he's still a child. He hasn't he hasn't hit puberty and developed his secondary bear sex characteristics yet, but we don't know how many years that has been.
1: So you just think he's an adult and he's going to be safe away from Fred Krueger.
0: Well, he might be 18. You never know. Also...
1: This really was a yes or no question that you just made really bizarre. Look, Paddington's parents
0: did not murder Freddy Krueger. Aunt... What's her name? Um, We should know this. Uncle Pastuzzo uh, did not murder Freddy (laughs) Krueger. He also is dead. So R.I.P. Uncle Pastuzzo.
1: Freddy Krueger wasn't discriminating, though. He killed wantonly. But only in
0: Springwood, Ohio, until part six, but we'll get there. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, um, yeah, just for the record, we're going to be doing parts one through seven for this marathon. Um, Freddy versus Jason we might get to at some point if we do Friday the 13th, Um, and I refuse to watch the remake ever again because...
1: I never saw it. I want to see Rudy Mara in a scare movie.
0: Um. Then let's watch The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo I
1: already saw that It was okay
0: Yeah, I, I just
1: I don't I, understand why we feel the need to make remakes of a movie that had come out Literally like just years before
0: Okay, but Nightmare on is also a remake It's just more years
1: Yeah, it was more years It was decades No, yeah, look, That makes sense My
0: self-care is never having to watch that movie again Okay So you can watch it if you want Okay I sold it I don't own it anymore Okay. Um, anyway, we rate all of our movies on scariness, campiness, effects, and quality. So let's start on scariness. Um, I mean, you know, obviously we've both seen this movie, this particular movie, before. Yeah. Uh, but what did you rate it on scariness?
1: I gave it a three, which is being generous, I
0: think. I disagree. But why do you think so?
1: Because I mean, I knew because, like you mentioned, I've seen this movie before, mm-hmm. so I knew where all the you know cracks were, all the scares were meant to happen. Mm-hmm. So nothing really like jumped out at me, but I do remember when I first saw this movie, uh, I was freaked out by the idea that someone can kill you in your dreams. Yeah. And I that's mean, still a very frightening concept
0: that, that, that is an elemental concept. That's like when, when you, okay, the movie lights out is nowhere near as good as Elm street, but it's the idea of like, how did someone not figure out how to capture fear of the dark before this movie? Mm-hmm. I mean, people have, And horror movies are all about what's lurking in the dark, Mm -hmm. but like in such a specific galvanizing way like that, um, just the fact that like being asleep is something that we all associate with being safe Mm -hmm. because you can only do it when you're safe. If you're in danger in some way, then you generally will stay awake because you're freaked out or something like that. Mm -hmm. But it's something
1: that you have to do. Yeah.
0: And sleep is a place of refuge and sleep is a place that you can't avoid. Your body drags you into it. Mm -hmm. And that's something so elemental and freaky. And I think that that's an incredibly powerful idea. And while I've seen this movie so many times, it's become like a comfort horror movie where Mm -hmm. I can just watch it and I know every line. I know like every nook and cranny of it. Mm -hmm. So it's not really scary to me anymore. But I'm going to give it a four out of five because I think it's a really, really great piece. And I remember showing it to my sister for the first time and then being like, all right, good night. And she's like, wait, what? <laughs> um, and I think it still has that power. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is one moment that made me jump, which I may be ashamed of. But... Was
1: it, wasn't it when like, I accidentally brushed up against you?
0: No, it was, it was one of the times when Freddy, like pops up behind Nancy. And I just wasn't expecting that one. Maybe I w- wasn't paying attention or something. But mm-hmm. I was like, ah!
1: <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, there's some good jump scares like that. Uh, one thing I will say personally is that I feel like Freddy's campiness probably didn't age well for me. Um, yeah, it certainly takes away from the horror aspect of it in my humble opinion.
0: Okay. Well, um, I'm going to say I gave that four out of five. I don't remember. I don't remember if I said that, but let's transition. You mentioned campiness. Do you have a number for that?
1: We give it a three.
0: Okay. Yeah, me too. Um, but so Freddy's camping is kind of dampened certain things.
1: Yeah. I mean, it kind of takes you out of it and makes a little bit of a joke. Um, I remember when we were both introduced to Fred Krueger's like whole body. You see him stretch out his arm so he can scrape his metal claws against like a fence. And it just seems like a really funny thing.
0: Yeah. Because I mean. Like,
1: the, the effect hasn't aged well.
0: No, there are certainly effects in this movie that have not aged well. Um, but I, I do like Freddy gets the reputation for being like this silly, wisecracking guy, mm-hmm. um, which do- doesn't really happen until part three. But th- this Freddy is still very goofy and playful. Or he in this one, he's wickedly playful. Like he's mm-hmm. trying to freak out the people. Yeah, he's playing with his prey. Yeah, he he's toying with them like a cat and a mouse, mm-hmm. and he's having fun doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's not making puns or anything or calling anybody bitch. Like, mm-hmm. he he certainly will. But, like, there is a, a delicate line that sometimes the movie toes its way across in either direction. Like, that particular scene with his really long arms when he's, like, wiggling them and chasing her down the street mm-hmm. is very silly. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the parts I think that like Tina's death is one of the scariest things in the movie that's the first death that oh, we yeah. see um, when like her nightgown rips open and four slash marks appear across her chest and she's dragged onto the ceiling mm-hmm. now, I mean not only is it super freaky it's really beautiful and elegant in this really disgusting brutal way mm-hmm. um, but, but it, immediately before that it's preceded by one of the silliest extended sequences in the movie because we get the weird arms you get him popping up from behind a tree in a kind of a silly effect mm-hmm. and then he cuts off his own fingers and he's like spraying goo everywhere and he's mm-hmm. like ha mm-hmm. gotcha i guess yeah and then she like pulls off his face and we see this weird little curb keeper skull mm-hmm. and it's it's a fun like halloween store adventure through mm-hmm. silly like spooky halloween scares yeah but it's a weird lead up to one of the best sequences in horror cinema. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good point. Some other things that, like, took me out of it were, like, the weird worms at one point. You mean when Tina's, like, legs turn into worms? Is that what happens? Or snakes and stuff? Yeah. I thought you liked that. You said it was creative.
1: It was creative, but it was also very campy. Both things can be true. That can be true. I don't know if I agree that that part is campy, but maybe. Yeah. Um, and then the end sequence when he is a car.
0: Oh yeah. No, nobody in the world likes that end sequence. Wes Craven did not like that end sequence. It was mandated by Bob Shea, the producer, because uh-huh. he wanted to be able to make sequels. Okay. This
1: is, I was confused by the ending.
0: No, I just pretended that, that doesn't happen. Okay. And so does Nightmare on Elm Street part two, three, four, five, and six. <laughs>
1: okay. Um, so that's a funny piece of. That's not funny, but interesting piece of trivia. So where would Wes Craven have wanted to end this film? Right when, like, Freddy
0: becomes static or whatever? Yeah, we're spoiling this movie, by the way. Not that it's... It's Nightmare on Elm Street. we have all seen this. Um, But, yeah, so she's supposed to turn away and take away his power. He disappears. That moment where she steps out, like, into the sunlight was basically what it was going to be, but it was just going to be a happy ending. Like, it was all a dream. Uh Uh-huh. But not in the like rip off. It was all a dream, like St. Elsewhere type way, mm-hmm. but in the, like that towing the line between dream and reality kind mm-hmm. of way. Go ahead. But no, they, she was going to live because she won. She mm-hmm. took away his power. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's cool.
1: Um, now that you mentioned that one thing that was really freaky and that really did play with my mind. Uh, so this goes, I guess, into the first category of horror, which I didn't really contribute much to, but it's early, whatever. Sure. Um, And that's just the blending uh, of reality and dream world. Because I could not tell what was a dream and what was reality at certain points in the movie. No,
0: you were very frustrated at certain points. You're like, why is this happening?
1: I was like, yeah, he was like, he can't interact with the real world. So clearly this must be a dream. But I'm like, she's clearly talking to other people and they're Uh awake. So it's clearly reality.
0: Yeah, well, especially in that that third act sequence where the line starts to break down between the two. Mm -hmm. Like it's Nancy hasn't slept in a week. Like her, I, I mean, that that kind of accurately recreates the dreamlike feeling of b- being like dead on your feet while awake. Mm-hmm. Like the world seems bizarre and strange. Mm-hmm. and th- Like dreams kind of leak into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I think Wes Craven is very talented at blending reality and fantasy and dream, things like that. Um this is obviously the movie where he most explicitly does it, but he does it a lot in most of his movies like in Shocker, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Um or The Serpent in the Rainbow. Mm-hmm. Um or Scream 3 for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I just I don't know, like I like Wes Craven a
1: lot. Yeah, and one of the more scarier things that I forgot to mention was whenever a person turned out to be Freddy Krueger. Um like originally there was the hall monitor. Um Where is your pass? Yeah. Uh, whenever the corpse of Tina turned mm-hmm. out to be Freddie or whatever, that was pretty creepy. So those are the things that got me.
0: Okay. Um, good.
1: <laughs> was there any other campiness stuff you wanted to talk about? Um, one thing that I thought could have been campy, but worked for me okay. was the phone, uh, at the-, the end when she's talking to, I guess it's Freddie and then like, he's about to hang up or whatever. Or the call ends and it just turns, the mouthpiece turns into his mouth. And the tongue licks her. And he's like, I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy. And he just licks her. Um, She's grossed out.
0: That is a really gross sequence.
1: It's gross, and I thought that was good. Good. It's campy, but it's good.
0: Yeah, no, like I was saying, look, uh, this movie really does toe the line. Um, I I think it's it's a very inexpensive movie, and it makes a lot with what it has. But there are certain limitations. And it's a very shaggy movie. Mm -hmm. It's not incredibly tightly made necessarily. I think the script is really tight. I think like the way that we get to meet the teen characters and like how we learn about their interactions and all that, like it's in like two scenes and they're incredibly well paced and you feel like, you know, these people super well and then the horror starts Mm -hmm. and you don't, you don't feel like you're missing anything on either end. Like, I think it's well paced but there's just there's a lot of I don't know I'm trying to say there's a lot of cracks mm-hmm. around the edges mm-hmm. of effects that don't necessarily work. Like the one that I always think of is um, um, Nancy's mother's death. Actually, both of her mother's deaths Um, because there's the first one, which is in that third act weird dreamlike situation Mm -hmm. where there's a big hole in her bed and her like corpse gets sucked into
1: the netherworld,
0: her Halloween town corpse. But as she falls, her arm lifts up like she's waving by Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's just so weird and stilted and silly. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, in the final sequence, when the mom gets dragged through the window, it's clearly a blow up doll. (laughs) Yeah,
1: that effect was pretty funny. Um, So we're getting on effects now. Um,
0: sorry. I want to say a couple more things about campiness. Okay, go ahead. Um, I think like another thing where this movie does hit some snags is in certain moments of acting. Um, I think um I like Heather Camp and I think that um she provides a lot of Nancy's like grit and power. Mm-hmm. But there are certain lines um where she slips. Like, how can you say I don't take her death seriously? In mm-hmm. certain things. Like, these moments here. Mm-hmm. And um, her mom, played by Ronnie Blakely, is this crazy, like, character actress soap opera turn that does not belong in this movie. Mm-hmm. But I love... See, there. there is a scene between Nancy and her mom, which... Those two should never be the only two in the scene together because the acting gets really dodgy. Mm-hmm. Um, but they both hide beverages from each other. Nancy's hiding her secret coffee pots in her room. And the mom's hiding vodka bottles like in the, liquor ca- in the um, linen cabinet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just love their mutual family secrets that they hide from each other. And the, the weird dramatic turn that it takes whenever they have to talk to each other
1: yeah um a moment that i didn't notice but brennan sure as hell pointed it out to me was when she's hiding not only just coffee but like a whole coffee pot yeah it's like br- actively brewing coffee and then mm-hmm. she's like there she goes pulling out a whole coffee pot that her mother could not smell yeah and i just thought that was funny thank you
0: well one her mom was drunk mm-hmm. and two her mom just cleaned off a bunch of coffee pots so i assume she just thought that was the smell but mm-hmm. i'm like this
1: is fresh coffee yeah it's gonna have
0: an aroma to it yeah um, but no, I just it it gets very dramatic, and I I can quote verbatim most of Ronnie Blakely's lines. Mm-hmm. It's like, I've got something better. I'm gonna get some help. Uh. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and you were talking about how caked up she was too. Mm-hmm. You're like, she looks like a mom who tried to be a movie star and then failed and decided to become a mom.
1: She's a really beautiful woman. She but is. It seems like she's an actress playing a mother. Yes. So so there's that. There is that.
0: Um yeah, so yeah, let's move on to effects which we were kind of uh leaning toward. Do you have a, a score? I give it a four. Me too. Um Yeah, like we did mention that some of the effects are very dodgy, but most of them are great.
1: Yeah, most of them still um I don't know. You could see in a movie today and be like, Okay, that works.
0: Yeah, do you have a favorite like set piece
1: in this movie? Um favorite set piece. I really thought that – I don't know if it's an effect so much as it is just a technique, but the corpse of Tina in the little bag or whatever, um, uh, that like was good. Like
0: when, when she was standing or when it was, like, being dragged? Mm-hmm. um, And just, like, the
1: fact that she would just pop up periodically. mm mm-hmm. um, Again, let's just make up. That isn't really an
0: effect, but whatever. No, makeup is an effect. Okay. Because I thought you even argued before and you said it isn't. No, make, makeup is effects. Okay. But I, I mean – Ronnie Blakely's makeup is not an effect uh-huh. but like you know blood and death makeup and stuff like that stuff that makes you look like not what you are which is a 21 year old girl alright cool um what else was
2: good
1: I actually liked the scene the first death scene with the mother where she's carried off into the world yes I thought it could have been better um but, I just think
0: that little wave is so silly uh but it is pretty decent I thought okay like it's well rendered in the way that the bed reforms into a bed afterward is pretty mm-hmm. cool. Um, But for me, I mean, look—you can't beat Tina's death, which I've already mentioned. I've already rhapsodized about. Mm-hmm. And then obviously the the um, yeah the fountain of blood coming yeah, out of Johnny Depp's that bed
1: iconic scene. I think of Nightmare on Elm Street. I think of that scene.
0: Yeah, that's completely reasonably iconic. It's an incredible scene. I think it's less viscerally horrifying, but it's definitely more beautiful and, like, phantasmagoric. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a really... I mean, actually, both those effects use the same uh, room, which was, like, on spindles, so they could spin the room upside down, but the camera would be staying, like, at floor level so they could play with gravity a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that was such a clever way to present what he was doing. And also, even um, Freddy coming out of the wall above Nancy when she's sleeping oh yeah there's such great like really cheap really simple effects that work so well Mm -hmm. because they're like sleek and elegant and practical and really beautiful and creepy or his hand coming out of the bathtub Mm -hmm. uh, when she falls asleep in the bath and his hand comes from between her legs which Mm -hmm. is you know already a creepy thing to have there but yeah just knowing who it is and
1: she gets sucked
0: into the bathtub Mm-hmm. And you don't know what's happening. No, that part freaks me out too. That that part I always think about, where like she's pulled into this dark cavern of black water, and you just see this little pinprick of light that is her bathtub, and mm-hmm. there's this like vast world beneath it. Mm-hmm. And it's it's so freaky. Yeah.
1: Good talk. And it,
0: yes, um, yeah. No, just I. I, I I think it's worth the four. Like there are definitely those moments where you're like, Oh, this is kind of silly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Elm street more than makes up for all of its silliness in every degree possible. Um, so what would you give it for quality overall? <sighs> That's hard. Cause I'm really in between a three and a four. Oh, what, um, what's like causing that, um, indecision. Do you think?
1: I think the fact that I've given half of the ratings threes and the other halfs fours.
0: Just in general? Just in general. movies that you watch?
1: No, just in with this movie. Like, I gave, like, you know, horror a three, and then I gave effects like a four. Like oh. A...
0: oh, you're trying to average out the score. Yeah. Oh, that's what you're saying. Uh-huh. Sorry, I thought you were talking about other movies.
1: Just in general, like, the pros and the cons with this movie. Um, like, it is a great story, so that would, I guess, make me lean towards a four, Mm-hmm. Um, I've also had the benefit of hearing Wes Craven once speak about this movie, mm-hmm. which also makes me think, oh, wow, that was a really genius idea. And the way he executed it was really smart, which makes me lean on a four. On mm-hmm. a whole though, if I'm just grading the movie by itself, it's probably more of a three.
0: Okay, what would you have graded it with the first time you saw it when you were a kid, do you think?
1: Probably a four. Okay.
0: I'm going to take it as a four then. Okay, great. Okay.
1: Good for everyone.
0: Uh-huh. Um, look, I, I completely understand. Watching it this time, um, I'm so familiar with it. So I just noticed the like cheesy bits most of the time. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it's an incredibly powerful film that I'm just too familiar with at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm giving it a 5 out of 5, which I Ooh, have wow. always and will always. And it's one of my rare ones. But, I mean, I've seen this movie dozens of times uh-huh. at this point. Um, Wes Craven is... A very important figure in my life um of like the filmmaker i most respect and admire and i i don't like wes craven for like oh he's such a stanley kubrick he, what he does with a camera or like what mm-hmm. he does with whatever like i think he does craft really beautiful images and i've talked about that already, Mm -hmm. but what I love about Wes Craven is he's always bursting with ideas, Mm -hmm. and he always has so much to give to you, Mm -hmm. and he has so much personality, and he's so intelligent, and like every aspect of Freddy Krueger is perfectly designed to be as scary as possible, and obviously, that has been watered down by over-familiarity, and MTV music videos, and endless sequels, and things like that, but... Like, even the the red and green sweater, um, that was designed because red and green are the two colors that clash most in the human eye. Mm -hmm. So, he's trying to freak you out subliminally, visually, even. Mm -hmm. And the the finger knives come from this uh, innate fear of claws and animals Mm -hmm. that people have. Um, And also, Freddy's personality is based on a personal story of Wes that I won't tell right now, but look it up. It's great. Mm -hmm. Um, But just everything is so... Like, down to the very detail, designed to be, like, elementally creepy. Mm-hmm. And Wes Craven was so good at that. And at tapping into emotion and shared history and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I really, really like him. Anyway, you can talk some more.
1: All right. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I think you... I don't know if I can top that <laughs> little speech there. Um, but it's definitely a good movie. And you've all probably seen it. Pay it a rewatch, I would say. Um, I don't know what else we can, I don't know if anything I can say can add to the zeitgeist that is a Nightmare on Elm Street
0: discourse. You, you can add whatever you want.
1: It's, oh my, like, it's good. Like, what else do okay, you want I'm me to sorry, say? I'm sorry.
0: Okay. Um, okay. I'm just going to say one more thing before we go there. Go ahead. It's this tiny, tiny d- detail that I think is um, indicative of, like, how good this movie is mm-hmm. and the way that it blends dreams and reality. Um, Nancy is trying to pull Freddy Krueger out of her dream so she can attack him and kill him in the real world. Mm-hmm. Um, in the dream, she's on the like fallen rose trellis, and she and Freddy Krueger are grappling basically. And then her alarm goes off. Um, she's on her bed, and two of the grates of the rose trellis are still on her on her bed, and she like flings them off. And then it go- cuts to wide, and they're gone, mm-hmm. like they disappear. But the rose trellis is a transitional element, like between being outside and being on the bed and between dream and reality. And that's such a cool element. And it's such a little thing that you only subliminally notice. Mm -hmm. And I know it's because I've seen it a million times. Mm -hmm. But I, I think it's a really cool thing. And I think it's really indicative of how much thought went into the making of this movie.
1: I just thought that the trellises were on the side of the bed and we couldn't see them.
0: No, um, if you if you watch, like she doesn't throw them off the side of the bed. She uh-huh. pushes them aside, and then when it cuts out, they're gone because oh. they were part of the dream, like still clinging to her, mm-hmm. um, in a way to like visually l- l- get you back to the bed.
1: Okay, wow, I didn't think that. Mm-hmm. I just assumed that it was maybe like a poor script supervisor who didn't notice oh. that.
0: Mm-mm. We'll just have to rewatch the movie again. Okay. All right, sit down. Let's okay.
1: go. I'm down. Let's do it. We um, can record
0: a 10 minute one on this one too. <laughs> Just on that one shot. Yeah. Um anyway, yeah, I think I think you're right. Like adding to the discourse of a classic movie like this can be very challenging. Yeah. Um I think it'll be the episodes will be, get more fun as we get deeper into the Freddy canon and into the ones that you haven't seen. Uh-huh. Um which definitely in the middle there are two or three that for sure you haven't seen cuz I don't remember which ones you have or haven't. Neither do I. But we'll find out together. And that's a real exciting journey. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we get to cap this journey off with another Wes Craven movie because we're ending on Wes Craven's new nightmare, a flat 10 years later.
1: Another Brennan favorite.
0: Uh, Or is it? We'll just have to see. It is. It's already a five out of five. I'm telling you now. You heard it here first, (laughs) people. Whatever. And to be fair, I don't always give five out of fives if you subscribe to our Three dollar level on Patreon, you can find our episode on Shocker, which I did not give a five out of five to, and the Serpent in the Rainbow. We've you done... guys
1: reviewed that? Yeah, we did. <gasps> wow. Now I feel like I have to subscribe to Patreon.
0: You totally should. And then I guess you could just get that money back, but minus ten percent or whatever, because Patreon takes some. What an investment. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um, anyway, uh, I'll tell you what we're watching next week. Well, you already know. But first, here's how to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at Scream101Pod. You can find us on Facebook at Scream101Podcast. Email us at Scream101Podcast at gmail.com. Find us on iTunes. Subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, Give us five stars like I gave to Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm -hmm. And we'll give you a big old hug. Thank you so much. Lots of love. Take care. Okay. And um, next week we'll be returning to...
1: (laughs) What was that? What? Me saying lots of love.
0: I don't know. Sometimes you say things and then they're weird.
1: I'm clearly a little sleep deprived. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> Lots of love though. Yeah,
0: yeah of course. Um, you know, th- one love and all that. Mm-hmm. Continue. Sorry. Do they know it's Christmas after all? We are yes. the world. Um. Anyway, next week we're going to be returning to, well, I guess not Gatlin, Nebraska, but we're returning to... Caitlin. Nope. Not even there. We're going to some undisclosed city in Children of the Corn 3 Urban Harvest. 1995
1: Is it Cleveland?
0: I have no idea Okay What's the closest city To Gatlin, Nebraska?
1: I don't know What are the major cities In Nebraska? What's the capital of Nebraska?
0: Cheyenne? No, that's Wyoming Yeah it's been a long time since elementary school. All
1: right, Nebraska fans, get at us. <laughs> yes,
0: please do. <laughs> Let us know what's the
1: capital of Nebraska. Maybe Mook will know. He lives closer to there. It's Wisconsin. It's, it's That's closer than California. It's true, but I don't know. I don't even think, you know, Wisconsin's are concerned with Nebraska.
0: No, nobody is, but they might just happenstance. We can look no. this up. Like, we okay. don't got Google yeah. at arm's length. Um, anyway. Uh, normally, in our little franchise marathon, we're going to do guesses of you know what happens in the next movie. But I definitely know what happens in A Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. And um, I do know that that's one that oh. Sergio has also seen.
1: What's the capital? Lincoln.
0: Oh, yeah. Lincoln, Nebraska. Perfect. Maybe it's in Omaha. Sure. Could be. Okay. Or maybe it's... I bet it's like, quote unquote, New York City. Probably. But it's actually quote unquote vancouver just like just like uh jason
1: were they recording in vancouver back in those days in the 90s yeah yeah okay i don't know at (laughs) what point vancouver became the go-to city once hollywood tax increases like you know
0: i know well i mean jason took vancouver in 88 or 89 so
1: so vancouver was the place to be yeah
0: yeah, it was um anyway do you have eh, no we're not doing guesses anyway um until next time good luck on your journey stay gold everybody Oh, and also, yeah, we're releasing this upcoming Friday. We're, uh, yeah, see you then. Bye. Bye. <laughs> no, just because normally we were only doing four a month, but we're going to do the fifth Friday.
1: Awesome. Just for funsies. The más but fun.
0: Okay, bye. Bye. This episode was brought to you by Pod People Productions. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. It's podcasts for the weird at heart. Hey everyone,
1: welcome to Eerie Earfuls. Every two weeks we choose a horror movie double feature to compare and contrast for your entertainment.
2: Who chooses rotates each episode. We explain why we chose the films and
1: then proceed to analyze the two.
0: Why did you pick these two movies? Because
2: both sequels reference and parody the original they're both werewolf movies and both of the main characters feature disabilities i wanted to pair two slasher films that were based on revenge plots i liked the theme of
1: misunderstood monsters fair warning there will be spoilers i'm justin and i'm brandon you can subscribe to us on castbox and itunes thank you for listening and stay scared everyone
0: to find more episodes of this show and others please visit podpeople.me it's podcasts for the weird at heart